This episode is a conversation with Grace Riley. We discuss abortion and the death penalty. It first aired on January 27th, 2021. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with your friends. It's free, just like our country. So what made you decide that you wanted to join the fight for unborn babies? Yeah, so I've been a conservative pretty much my whole life, and the pro-life issue is one of the ones that's resonated so much with me and I think is one of the most important things that we face as a country and honestly in the world, um, fighting against um, the awful um, brutality against pre-born babies because we see so many um, today, like it's so widespread today um, that babies are being killed in the womb. And so I think it's just such an important issue that we have to stand up against and not enough people do. So that's why I really um, try to stand against it and why I think it's so important. So did you always see abortion as a moral wrong? Is that something mm-hmm. that some you know, science convinced you of? Was it a religious conviction that you had? You know, why is it that you see abortion as a moral wrong? Yeah, so I am a Christian, so religiously I do see it as a moral wrong, but I think that science agrees with that. Um, And science shows that life begins at conception. The second that the sperm meets the egg, unique DNA is formed, a unique baby is formed that will never be, again, formed again. It's a a unique being. So from the moment of of conception, life is formed. And I think, again, that's scientific and that also agrees religiously, but both of those things come together and show that life is indeed indeed formed. And there are a lot of debates about, oh, well, when does life really begin? When is it okay to either abort a baby or not? But the fact of the matter, again, scientifically, is that at the moment of, of conception, a new baby is created. So I from that standpoint, kind of scientifically looking at it and looking at all of the evidence surrounding what happens during an abortion, um, how the baby develops throughout the nine months and the different types of abortion that take place throughout those stages. Um, And also again, religiously, every baby is formed uniquely in the womb by God. So that's why I overall believe um, in the pro-life movement um, and why I hope so many others do as well. So if if you're listening to this and you're mm-hmm. a a young woman and you want to get involved in the pro-life movement um what's the best way to do that because I know that you're involved yeah. in a whole lot with the pro-life movement what would be the best mm-hmm. way for someone listening to this to to get involved and to try to make a difference in that field Yeah so for people listening it's always you know Harvey but there are so many different ways that you can get involved I think that the best first step is to kind of learn as much as you possibly can about the issue. Because I always think on any issue, it's important to understand why you believe what you believe and to really be able to defend your position. So I think the best first step would be to go to websites like Live Action, for example, that has great videos and information and graphics that will help you to learn more about the science behind babies forming in the womb and about different things on the issue so that you can really understand why you should be pro-life. And if you're not pro-life, I also encourage you to look at live action or these other sites to learn more about um, abortion and about why people stand against abortion. So I think a great first step would be to look at organizations like that. And there are so many other great organizations as well. 
Um, but to look at those organizations and nonprofits and kind of like learn more about it. And then from there, you can get involved in a lot of these organizations. You can donate, you can become a student ambassador. You can certainly share information and videos with people that you know or on your social media and kind of become an advocate in your own life. Um, and then hopefully pass that along to others and bring others with you into the fight and tell others in your life why it's so important to stand for the unborn. So I, I know that you are pro-life and that you're against abortion, but what's your position on the death penalty? Yeah, so personally, I um, am for the death penalty. I'm not against it. but um, And again, I think that there's a huge difference between innocent ba- an innocent baby um, that hasn't been born yet and someone that is a murderer. And I think one of the things that's important to realize, I see a lot of um, kind of back and forth in this debate and about the death penalty and being pro-life. I think one of the most important things to realize is that the death penalty is not a widespread thing. It, barely, it doesn't happen often and no one's advocating for it to happen more or anything like that. Um, it's not something I don't think that should happen often. I don't like it, but I'm not against having it um, be a thing, I'll say. Um, just for those for those reasons. So uh, another area that you mm-hmm. are uh, a a really vibrant um, advocate for is the Second Amendment. Uh, mm-hmm. So what's your background with the Second Amendment? Yeah. Did you grow up hunting? You know, do you come from a military family. Mm-hmm. How did you become so passionate defending yeah. the Second Amendment? So I have a pretty interesting story with this. So I grew up in Connecticut. And in Connecticut, the gun laws are very strict, some of the strictest. So I actually grew up where I was not around guns at all. I wasn't part of a family that hunted, even owned guns. My family now today doesn't own guns, though I have been trying to push it a little. Um, So I really grew up in a background that wasn't surrounded by firearms at all, where my family was conservative. So we always have supported the Second Amendment, but again, have never really gotten involved with it or anything like that. But then as I kind of got more involved in the conservative movement and continued my advocacy, I really looked into this issue and just kind of thought to myself, you know, this is one of our most important rights, if not the most important right, the the right to be able to bear arms, own firearms and defend ourselves. So I looked more into it and decided, you know, I'm going to become my own protector. I'm going to use my rights. Um, And I want to be someone that is directly involved in my rights instead of just talking about them. So I recently, over the past summer, I learned how to shoot for the first time. My friend Beth Walker is a professional shooter. So she helped me kind of take this first step. And that was a really incredible experience for me because, again, I had never been surrounded by guns or anything like that, though I've always wanted to be. Um, And it was hard for me because I'm not old enough to conceal carry or buy a pistol um, because you have to be 21 for that. So um, I'm working on purchasing my own firearm, but as far as conceal carry, I can't do that yet. So it's been a little bit of a struggle for me. And for so many other people can probably relate to this, that the laws in so many states are so strict that it's so difficult to own firearms. And there are so many hoops that you have to jump through here in Connecticut, even if you want to buy any type of gun, you have to wait for months for your background checks to come back and stuff like that. And it differs from state to state. Some states you can just go and buy a gun the day of and stuff like that. But I've had to jump through a lot of different hoops 
And that's strengthened in me why I think the Second Amendment is even more important and why, especially um, with whatever ends up happening with this election, it's so important that we stand for our rights because they're at risk of being taken away as um, the Biden administration would want to greatly infringe upon our rights to bear arms. Um, and kind of also continuing, I'll backtrack a little, continuing on my journey, um, I was able to go to a professional shooting match and watch people that, again, have been surrounded by firearms their whole lives, training some of the best shooters in the country shoot. And I was able to learn a lot more about the Second Amendment and firearms and truly see um, how important it is in everyday life and how important it is to have the right to defend yourself um, every day and how also how important it is that we have that right against um again against instead of having the government have all of the weapons and us just kind of be helpless um so you know i I think we can both agree that we don't want mm -hmm. you know people with mental health issues getting getting firearms we don't want people with a you know a a serious criminal record getting firearms so uh do you see the second amendment as an absolute right or would there be sort of common sense regulations that you could possibly get behind Yeah. So I do think, I think, um, legislation on firearms are infringements on, um, our rights. I think that we should have the right to bear arms, but, um, obviously again, I don't think that, um, criminals that are, have serious records should be able to have firearms. I think that there is a balance, um, where there's legislation, legislation that maybe does help this, but I also think, um, that there are right now we see so much legislation that just is trying to kind of um, work to completely get rid of our right to bear arms where politicians are just kind of making smaller legislation and then building on it. And every single time there's more and more and more until hope like eventually they can take our rights away. So I think that's a really important thing to look at as well. And I do think, for example, legislation like red flag laws are not a good thing because um, they put a cap of mental health over everything. And then it comes down to, well, who decides what kind of mental health is good or bad? What about people from the military? If they have PTSD or other things like that, um, it would ultimately harm military members to be taking away firearms for certain type of undescribed mental, mental health um, categories, if you will. So I think that there is a lot of different um, there's a lot of different problems with the legislation that is being proposed now and that would be proposed with um, possibly a Biden administration where they basically want to um, make it so that you're taxed if you own a gun at all, make a national registry and things like that. So we, we've talked about uh firearms, we've talked about uh, the death penalty, we've talked about mm-hmm. uh, pro-life issues. Um, because you operate in sort of the, the big tech space, you know, on Instagram and yeah. on different sort of social media platforms, I wanted to ask you a few questions about mm-hmm. uh, big tech. You know, yesterday we had on uh, Grant Fox and he told us that on YouTube, his videos oh, awesome. were getting, you know, 34 million views, you know, 10 million views. Mm-hmm. And then he came out as a conservative and the traffic just stopped. So, oh, wow. you know, has, have you experienced any sort of shadow banning or is this just something that's happening to other people? I mean, what, what, mm-hmm. what's your experience been with that? Yeah. So as a young conservative, I have my own accounts where I have experienced things like that, but I also work for young Americans against socialism where, um, I run their social media and we on yes have experienced the same thing. 
um, our videos. Um, we've had some problems with monetization and just kind of bias there. I myself um, on my own accounts experience, definitely experienced bias. For example, I had a video that I posted, I think two days ago. And if you look at it online, it says this video may contain sensitive content. Um, so it hid the video and put up one of those little Twitter notifications um, to kind of hide what I was saying. And, and what I said in the video, I was just asking why so many people would be fleeing socialist countries to come to America um, and why Americans aren't fleeing America to go to socialist countries if socialism is so great. Um, the point being that socialism has failed every single time it's been tried and socialism is not great by any means. Um, but that video, which clearly that's not sensitive content, that's just a really good question that um, I'm waiting on an answer to still. Um, but so that video was flagged as sensitive um, and I see so many other people I know in the conservative community where their accounts are taken down, their posts are taken down, they're not able to get monetization from things. So it's definitely something that's happening. Um, and I've seen it all over the place on all those different types of levels and the different ways it happens. And even through a lot of the fact checking that's been happening, we can see online so many posts are being fact checked when they shouldn't be. Um, and it's more of an opinion editorial thing on the social media platforms part rather than an actual fact checking, which so is you, a huge problem. You mentioned uh, young Americans against socialism. And mm -hmm. so recently, you know, we, we have uh, this, these uh, COVID uh, relief bills of uh, $600 mm -hmm. and you know uh, Donald Trump wants to have that amount increased to $2,000 uh, and, and you know to me it sort of seems like a soft form of socialism a soft form of you know wealth redistributionalism uh, what do you think about those stimulus checks i mean do you look at it and you say that yeah. this is an infringement on the free market or do you think that this is something that the american people need yeah so um personally looking at it it's not something i like um, the whole situation, obviously, I think, and I think most people would agree with that. Um, I don't like the stimulus checks. I think that the country should be reopened and that it never should have gotten to this point. Um, we can look back and remember the 15 days to slow the spread, which was supposed to be the only time the country was somewhat shut down. And now it's a year later and we still have states that have completely shut down, um, their states, basically, even in, in my state, there are small businesses that still can't open and just different things like that. So I think, first of all, that's absurd. And again, the government has played a big role in putting people in the position that they're in right now by shutting down their businesses forcibly. So first of all, I think that needs to stop and the country needs to open. And looking at the stimulus checks too, there's one kind of area of thought, which is, well, if the government was responsible for shutting down these people down, shouldn't they kind of help them get back up? And I think that's an important perspective on it um, and something to think about. But also there are a lot of different consequences when you start handing out money like that in stimulus checks because 2000 won't be enough, 600 won't be enough for the people that have been shut down this whole time or that have been seriously impacted. So then it turns into, oh, well, we need more money um, and different stuff like that. So I think it's a really dangerous path to go on to start handing out checks um, when really we should just should be opening up the country. And I think there's no question that these people probably, a lot of people probably need that from, again, being forcibly shut down. 
but I would just point to the fact that it's really, um, it is a dangerous path to go down because it, it always, that will never be the end of it. Um, people always need more money. Um, and it just, it is a socialist thing and it's something that we really should be careful of, I think. And, um, overall, again, I think that this specific bill, I don't agree with everything in it. I think a lot of the things that Trump pointed out need to be taken out of the bill that were more radical or biased. But, um, overall, again, I think there's no question that people, that people need the money and the government was responsible for some of that, but it's the question of, well, what's the next step and what is this, what are the impacts of this going to be going down the road? No, no, definitely, definitely, definitely. It seems like you would favor, you know, more free market solutions, uh, Mm -hmm. opposed to, uh, you know, sort of social welfare solutions to this uh, economic uh, crisis that we're currently facing, you know, on the sort of the, I guess the the Instagram world, I don't know if that's even Mm -hmm. a thing, but the conservative Instagram world, I've seen a lot the last couple of days about uh, uh, the vaccine. Some people coming out very strongly in support of it and other people uh, sort of having some uh, questions. Uh, What are your thoughts on this uh, vaccine that has been put out under the Trump administration? Yeah, there certainly has been a lot of back and forth. Um, personally, I will not be getting the vaccine, but I do. Th- I don't think it's gonna. Um, I don't think I wouldn't take as extreme of a position as others. Like I don't think it's gonna tag you and all this stuff. But I do think um, if someone wants to take the vaccine, that's their freedom and choice. What I don't agree with is that down the road they're talking about possibly forcing people to get the vaccine. Um, there have been again. There's been talk of tracking people or making sure that they have the vaccine to go on planes and stuff like that. I think that all of that um, does not look good and is really concerning to hear um, if the government is going to be forcing people to take a vaccine or tracking if they've taken it or not, or taking actions like that. I think that's all very concerning. But from the where we are right now, I mean, if people want to take it, take it. If not, don't. But Definitely, I think in the future going forward, that's going to be something we really are going to have to watch because it'll say a lot. And I think overall, even a lot of the things we've talked about today, the government has been pushing us to see how much will we take with all these shutdowns um, and everything going on. How much will we take before we stand up and say, this is an infringement on our rights? Um, This is against the Constitution. We should have freedom to open our businesses and do all of these other things. And it's really sad to see that a lot of people haven't really had a problem with all the things that are going on that have been like, oh, well, it's good that we're shut down. We have to be careful with coronavirus and we have to be careful of all these things. Well, I would say that the government, I think, is pushing how much we'll take before um, we really say enough is enough. And they've pushed us pretty far. We, I don't think anyone would have thought that a year later, we're still having our businesses shut down. We have to wear masks everywhere, especially when the survival rate of this virus is so high, and especially for young people. Um, even I'm a college student, so there are so many universities that are not even opening up this semester going back. So there are so many universities that are staying closed when the survival rate for young people is 99.9%. So there are all these different things that don't really line up logically. Like, why would you close? a university when it's really not impacting those students. Um, So there's just a lot of different things. And I do think that um, the government keeps taking steps and pushing people further and further. And 
our country really does need to open up. And I hope that people will open their eyes more to everything going on. Yeah, I think it was uh, Benjamin Franklin who said, those mm-hmm. who sacrifice essential liberties for security deserve neither. Um, earlier safety. you said... Safety, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Earlier you said uh, that you're really big into research and always researching the topics mm-hmm. that you you support and the, the um, uh, things you're, you're passionate about. And so I wanted to ask you one of my, one of my favorite questions yeah. of all, which is what books would you recommend? Ooh, that's a great question. Oh my gosh. So I would say, so I work um, for Young Americans Against Socialism. So right now what I've been reading is a lot of books on socialism because I want to make sure I'm on my game and able to fight the commies and stuff like that. So right now I've been reading a book called Socialism Sucks. I've been reading Communism by Paul Kengor. So I would say, first of all, any book by Paul Kengor, definitely look into. He has one called The Takedown Two. Those are really great books. Um, I would say The Road to Serfdom is a great book if you want to learn more um, about economic systems and stuff like that. Um, let me think. I read. I love reading. This is a hard question for me, actually. Um, hmm. I did just finish Unfreedom of the Press too by Mark Levin. That was a great one. Um, let's think. And then overall, if you've never read 1984 or other Orwell books, definitely look at those. But yeah, I definitely try to kind of read up on the issues that are happening and kind of stay informed and stuff like that. So there are definitely um, a lot of those great books that are maybe more current that come out, like definitely look at books on topics you're interested in. And even on my Instagram, I decided what I'm going to start doing. I'm going to start doing book recommendations on my stories too. So I probably will have more there. But great question. Great question. Yeah. And mentioning Instagram there, that's a great, great mm-hmm. segue. Um, so where can we find your stuff? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at conservative grace and on Twitter at conserve grace. And definitely also follow Young Americans Against Socialism at yas underscore America um, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, because they put out great content as well, um, fighting against socialism, which we see. Um, kind of taking over in our country right now. So definitely those things. But thank you so much. Grace Riley, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me.